This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. Splash Refresher spices up my daily water intake by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Every Splash Refresher flavor is delicious, bright, flavorful, and zero calories. I don't waste time on flavorless water I don't enjoy. I just drink Splash and I like it. My favorite flavor is the lemon. It really does taste like lemonade. My favorite is the mandarin orange flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Welcome to Childproof from Betches Media. I'm Tori Phantom. And I'm Gwena Lathlin. This podcast is for parents who are mostly coffee and caffeine at this point. And those who would be if they could ever remember where they put their coffee. Do you check the microwave? It's probably in there. That's where it normally is. <laughs> Same. Uh, which is weird because I don't even like microwaved coffee. I honestly, I'll just drink it cold. Like the, really? the old coffee left over in the carafe in the middle of the day, that becomes my iced coffee for the afternoon. All right. Fair enough. But we also love our timer. So we do need to start that right now. So this summer, my littles are going to a summer program. They're going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff. They're going to the Museum of Osteology. They're going to several varieties of wet places, water parks and splash pads. And I think there's a balloon, a water balloon war scheduled. Anyway, they're doing that. But my eldest, she is working for me over the summer. That's exciting. What is she doing? So I have a media production company and she is going to be doing a bunch of still cards, like cool graphics for Ooh. Instagram and some oh, marketing so material. Fun. She is also on the back end of all the, the production stuff that we do, like the camera operation and the lighting. She's very excited to be doing it. And however, when the littles do not have their summer camp, because their summer camp is not every single day, I got saddled into paying my eldest a living wage to watch her siblings while I am doing work things. See, I love that. I actually, as of right now in this moment, am paying my oldest kid to keep an eye on her little sisters because uh, she is not old enough. I would never leave her alone with her sisters. She is not old enough. It is not the right time for her. However, she is responsible enough to hang out with her sisters and make sure their needs are met like opening a snack bag or coming to get me like she knows at what point they might need me. And because of that, right, that's not really a responsibility I would expect her to have. I am paying her a livable wage, but there's a caveat here because we were discussing this. We wanted it to be fair. We were talking about it and she goes, okay, so you're going to pay me, but can I spend all of that on Robux? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And she goes, okay, cool. Because a lot of the time you won't let me spend all my money on Robux. But if you're going to pay me, I was like, dude, I will pay you in Robux if that's what you want. And she was like, yes. And that is why I believe that Robux is Bitcoin for children. <laughs> oh my God. Now I've just got this, like this, this vision in my head of like a four-year-old dude, bro. <laughs> Trying to trying to tell me why I should invest in their Robux themed NFT. Yes. <laughs> that is one step away from bribery for me. 
I love bribery. I, I love bribery. I I'm a huge fan cool. of bribing my kids. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, I bribe myself. Same. When I'm when I'm reading something that's a little thick or sloggy or that I don't want to really want to be reading, I do gummy bear reading. So I'll get gummies or candy or M and M's or something, yeah. and I'll open the book or or the file, and every so often I will place a M and M. And when I get to that specific point, I get to eat the M and M. How is your books not sticky? I did, well, I mean, I don't like set them on the book. Oh, I misunderstood because I thought you were just shoving gummy bears in your book. I was like, that's weird. But if it works, it works. <laughs> just in between the pages. Yeah. None of the books go on the bookshelf anymore <laughs> just because they're shoved full of gummy it's bears. It's like goo dripping because the ASC went out one day. <laughs> now, I also use bribery for myself and my kids. I think it is a great tool. There's a time and a place for it. One of the ways that we have been using it for months now is in trying new foods. Specifically with my middleest, that's where it started. But then my youngest was like, I want to do that too. And I was like, I have no reason to not use this for you too. So... The way this bribery works, okay, and this is important because I, I know there's a lot of opinions about how we should be introducing new foods to our kids. Okay, so when the way this bribery works is there's no pressure to try the new food. I'm not like sitting there because do you want to know what the, the deal is? It's $1 per new food, but that dollar <laughs> is received in Robux. <laughs> uh, still, still. Still, that's all they want. But... <laughs> It's $1 per new food, but I'm not sitting there at the dinner table like, are you sure you're not going to get the dollar if you don't try it? Nope. It is a standing thing. It is just a standing order that they know exists. And if they choose to try the new food, they know that there is a benefit. And if they don't want to try the new food, there is no consequence. It is their choice. It's, It's an incentive. So cool. I'm a little nervous about trying this food. I don't know. But I do get a dollar, and sometimes that's enough motivation. What constitutes a try? Does a lick constitute a try? A full bite. You don't have to swallow the bite. You don't have to, because I've tried foods where I'm like, I can't, I can't, I have to spit this out. So like, that's fine, because that's, if if I try food I don't like, and I'm going to spit it out. But it has to be like a real try it bite. It can't just be like, I just want the dolly so I'm going to like nibble at the edge and I'm not yeah. really going to taste it. I got it's a like, single molecule right. of this here cauliflower. Right. But the cool thing is that it works in this way that they will try things without me ever mentioning to them to try it. Like one day we went out to a Mexican restaurant and my middleest saw us all eating the chips and salsa and without saying anything to anyone, she tried the salsa. And she liked it. She ate a lot of salsa. And that might seem very little to a lot of people. But when I tell you this was a huge deal and we didn't make any big deal of it, it was uh, my partner and I texting from across the table like, are you seeing this? Are you seeing, <laughs> you know, because you don't want to you don't want to trip her up and then she stops doing it. But, yeah, it works really well because it's a incentive. It's not there's no consequence. It's just. Well, I know in online spaces, bribery ends up like, oh, you're you're bribing your kids. Oh, my God. Like it's a parenting fail. But bribery is really just it's a different word for positive reinforcement. If we call it positive reinforcement, every parenting supposed expert will be like, yes, positive reinforcement is a fantastic tool to teaching kids good, acceptable, desirable behaviors. Right. It's bribery. You're bribing your child and that is okay. The only thing is, is 
you've got to have more in your toolbox than just the positive reinforcement, than just the bribery. If that is the only tool you're using, it might be time to do some reflection and come Mm -hmm. up with some other tools to use too. But I think that there is a space in parenting for bribery. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not, it, it isn't always just food. Like most of the time when people think, oh, you're bribing your kid, I'm bribing him with a piece of candy or something. No, I, I bribe my kids with all sorts of things. <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's if you do this thing that you clearly aren't super interested in doing because I'm having to break out the the positive reinforcement, you don't have to do this other thing. So if you take the dogs for an extended walk right now, then I won't make you take them out before bed for the yeah, short walk. Right. It's like a compromise. There's so many yeah. other terms because when we use the term bribery, there's this negative connotation. But realistically, it's compromise. It's positive reinforcement. It's all in the way that we shift the perspective. But I'll tell you, let let me tell you. So, you know, our kids got out of school recently and my daughter, my oldest kid, she brings home like 74 pounds of stuff for me to look through. And I was looking at her folder for her writing stuff came home and I am looking at this paper or I'm looking through the papers. I love reading her writing. She loves writing. So it's always like, I don't know. I just love it. Anyway, so I find this paper she wrote (laughs) that it was like based on this writing prompt about chores. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I'm reading this paper where she is giving an opinion piece on it and how she believes that parents should be paying their children to do chores. Really? Yes. And she like had it really well thought out, right? And her and I have never had this conversation. So it was interesting to just like read her opinion on it. But she was saying that she thinks that a lot of times that having a monetary compensation for the chores would motivate children to want to do the chores more than, Mm -hmm. and this is something that she quotes because she hears it from me, right? She says, I think that money would motivate me more to want to clean than just knowing that I'm living in a clean and safe house. Yeah. That is more important to me. And at that moment, I knew I broke the cycle because like, like, girl, when I was your age, all I wanted was to live in a clean and safe house. You wouldn't even have to pay me. I just want to not live in a hoarder house anymore. You would, I, I don't care about the money. I would like to not have mushrooms growing out of the bathroom floor today. Like, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it, it means that her definition of an unclean, unsafe house is nowhere near an unclean or an unsafe house. It just means the... The clutter spot in the corner of the kitchen's a little right. out of control today. <laughs> it means that there's some socks where they shouldn't be for her. She's like, that's not important to me. I don't care about that. I want the I want the Robux mother. <laughs> if you're a wine lover, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret for finding your new favorite wines. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your wine preferences that are as unique as you are. To start, I answered a few quick questions on their website about what flavors I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé. Based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored, so I get more of what I enjoy. 
I really love how First Leaf tailors to my needs, and I really like cooking with wine, so I found so many different flavor profiles to include through First Leaf. Besides the great wines, the best part of the First Leaf Wine Club is the perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge and can choose when and how often I want my box delivered. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash childproof to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L. L-E-A-F dot com slash childproof. Try firstleaf.com slash childproof. Support for today's episode comes from Honeylove. With Honeylove, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you're on the move. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash childproof. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash childproof. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It's targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. We love to see it. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash childproof. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash childproof. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. Shape your life with Honeylove. I gather from that you are not an allowance household. I am not an allowance household. I am not either. I I don't get paid for doing the stuff to maintain the home and family. I'm not paying you to do the stuff. We don't even have chores in our house, actually. Really? We don't have chores. We have something called reasonable expectation of contribution. Can we write that down somewhere so I can remember it? <laughs> so it, it's a lot of big words because I use too many so big words. So shocking from you. Right. (laughs) So off brand. Wow. Gwana. I'm shocked. Trying to sound smart. But no, we have reasonable expectation of contribution because essentially we, we all have, we all live in the same house. We all use the same resources. And for the most part, that is mine and Jack's responsibility to provide and maintain. But we are not the only ones using the space. Yeah. See, that's actually quite similar to what I say. Not that first part, but what you just said, the last sentence out of your mouth. Because I don't really call the tasks that we do chores. They're just tasks. Like I don't have a chore chart. I don't have a list of things. We have these expectations. Like you have to clean up after yourself. You know, and it's not just like keep your room clean. It's also like if you spilled your milk, just go grab some paper towels, clean it up. Don't leave it for someone else to take care of. But what I always say to my kids is this is our home. And you live here too. And that's why we all have to contribute. And because, you know, you get that that point sometimes where you'd say to your kid, like, hey, kid, like, I need you to pick that up for me, that random thing in the hallway. I need you to pick that up. And then they meet you with a, that's not mine. Oh, yeah. I, I actually, I didn't ask if it was yours. I said, I need you to pick that up for me, please. Right. <laughs> There's different things. Right. It, it, it wasn't a request. It wasn't a who put it there sort of conversation. It was just, it needs to not be there. I'm not trying to figure out who put it there, but you are there and you can pick it up and you live here too. And I think you don't want to trip over it. So 
pick pick it up, please. <laughs> See, we have we have sort we have three sort of divisions into how this reasonable expectation of contribution breaks out. First, your own space is yours to maintain. Which means that while I do insist on a clean to health standards room, mm-hmm. I do not, especially for my teenager, I don't go in there and go clean this up, clean this up, clean this up, clean this up. Mm-hmm. I'm just clean your room. Is your room not going to attract ants? Do you have the appropriate access and amount of laundry that is reasonably clean for you to go in public spaces? Yeah. Could you escape the room in case of an emergency? Okay. If those are met, I don't care anymore. Yeah. That's if you're comfortable living in that space, then you are comfortable living in that space. Right. Now, I am going to intervene when we get to food stuff because ants and mold and sticky goo and uh, that that's right. a hard limit for me. Yeah. But your own space is yours to maintain. And for Abby, she also does her own laundry fully independently. Right. The littles, they help with their laundry because, again, the reasonable expectation is tied to age appropriateness. Yes. My littles, even with a stool, cannot get into the washer to get the stuff out. Yeah. Like, I mean, they can. They would physically be inside. They would be. They would have to tag team it. One of them in the washer, the other one on the outside. Not safe. Not safe. <laughs> so there, there is an age-appropriate level of the division. And then shared spaces require shared care. So, yes, I'm the one who dirtied all the dishes cooking dinner, but you all ate that dinner. Yes off your own plates, on the table. So all of those things are shared maintenance. Yeah. See, and I think it's interesting too, because I think when we have these kinds of conversations, it's important to relay the information that there is no right or wrong way to navigate this and different things work for different families. Because here's the thing, Gwenna's kids are very involved in the laundry process. They're helping fold their laundry. Abby does her own laundry. The way laundry works in my house, totally different because of the way my brain works. It makes it easier for me. My kids are responsible for making sure their clothes end up in a hamper. There is one in every bedroom, in every bathroom, and in the laundry room. Wherever you decide to randomly change your clothes, just make sure the dirty ones end up in a hamper. But when I go to start the wash, they are responsible. I will just yell out, bring me laundry, and they will bring me the baskets. That is where their obligation to our laundry ends because, well, like you've seen my laundry room, it's a pretty decent size. But what I do for my my own brain is I have a big dresser in my laundry room and that is also my folding table. All of my kids' clothes go into that. You have a family closet. I have a family closet. It's a family dresser. And so then Jim's, my partner, his clothes go into one basket, mine go into another, and both of us will take our baskets and take care of our own. But all of the kid laundry is in that central location because that also neighbors the bathroom where they're typically getting ready. And so it just, for my brain, made more sense because when I had all their clothes in their own rooms, I would fall behind on the laundry because getting from folded laundry or moving laundry to different locations, I I would fall behind on it. So to just have it all right there, so much easier for me to keep up with. See, and we just moved and the littles finally got their own room. And with those rooms happened to come generous closets. So my kids got a whole new level because previously I was having to fold and put away most of their stuff, their hand-eye coordination, not to laundry skills. Yeah. So I could fold everything, but if I'd hand it to them, it would just end up in a pile Yeah. in in the dresser, which for some things is fine. The, the under things in the socks. See, that's what happens if I have a dresser. 
I have to hang up every item of my clothing or it ends up in a in a heap despite how much I time I would spend folding. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need it in a closet. See, but the littles <laughs> just got a brand new reasonable expectation of contribution because we have our own hampers. So all of your laundry goes in the one in your hamper and it, your socks don't go in your sister's hamper. And now once I've washed and dried everything, I put it back in their, in their uh, hamper and I hand it to them. They are now responsible for hanging up their own shirts. Okay. Because that is a skill. But they can reach the closet bar? That both of them happen to have a low closet bar. And since oh, they're nice. so little, all of their t-shirts just... So the upper bars, they can't reach those. Yeah, that's the tricky part with the age appropriate is because sometimes it's like size availability. Sometimes yes. it's, I'm not letting my kid touch spray bleach. <laughs> like you want to help me wipe this thing down that I'm using chemicals? Here is a plain paper towel with water. Help me wipe it down. But I think that's part of teaching the kids how to help. There's like a cycle, right? When when they start, they're like toddlers and they see you doing things and they, I, I help mama, I help. And you're like, okay. And you let them and it actually makes everything take way longer and they're not helping. They're, they're hindering. Together, we have turned a 20 minute task into an hour and a half. Neat. <laughs> they are now hindering the process, but you want to encourage it. So you let it happen and you're like, okay, I'm going to let you do this. And then when you go to your room to play, I'm going to fix it. And, but that's kind of, that's where it starts. Right. And then they get to kind of like the preschool age. I feel like that's really when you can start doing real tasks and teaching them how to do these tasks because cleaning is a learned skill. And so that's kind of that preschool age, that three-year-old is where we really start. Like, okay, it's time to clean up our room. I'm going to sit here. I have the basket for all the stuffies. Can you bring me all the stuffies? Oh, good job. We did it. Okay, well, look, I see there's some laundry on our floor. Can we pick that up? And it's kind of holding their hand through the whole process. Oh, there's a lot of toys on the floor. Let's all work on it together. And then you kind of move into the, I'm going to look in your room and I'm going to tell you, okay, start here. Start by picking up all the LOLs. Okay, now move on. Is there any, is there any, I see some paper towels. Do you see any other trash? Like, make sure there's no trash in our room. My kids also all have a trash can in their room. That was the thing that felt important to me. And then, you know, so we're going through those tasks and I'm like, now you do this. And then they get to that point where you can just say, okay, now go clean your room. And they can independently suss out what those tasks are. Because I know myself as a child, my parents would say, go clean your room, right? And I would walk into my room and it was like a visual overwhelm. I would look and I would know what a clean room looks like. And I would see mine and I'd be overwhelmed. I know this is a mess and I don't even know where to start because it was just, there's, there's so many layers of tasks. And so I think that's such an important part of teaching our kids to clean is to really hold their hand and do that with them long enough. And when they say, when you say clean your room and they say, I don't know how, believe them. Because like maybe there's something going on in their brain where they're looking and they're feeling overwhelmed and going, I don't know what to do first. I don't know where to start. And so breaking that down into those smaller tasks can help. And then they get to that point where it's independent. I, I had that exact experience where I forgot that I simply understand terms and I've understood them for so long. It felt surreal that someone else didn't understand that. So uh, the boy child was just two and we were in the room and we were going to go do something else and said, but first we need to clean up. And he said, clean up. And I said, okay, you start putting up your toys and I'm going to go get this thing that we're going to do next. And he said, okay. Then I walked out and I was like, yes, 
yes, we're doing it. We're doing it. And I come back in and this boy has scurried up his tall boy dresser and is attempting to wedge this big Tonka truck fire truck on top of this dresser that's twice his height. And I was like, dude, unsafe, 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 what are you doing? And he goes, mama, toys, up. And that's when I realized he does not know what the term clean up means. He heard up and thought I meant get your toys as high as they can go and the highest place he could get to. Great listening skills. 10 out of 10 for him. Love that. Props. Uh, he didn't He didn't follow the command exactly right, but he was trying, man. He was doing his best. He was sideways, but he, he did his best. Yeah, when I was about your son's age, I tried to get to the top of a dresser, but that was before the big uh, anchor your stuff. Yeah, I pulled the dresser down on my head because you know those little bounce balls, like the big balls that have the handle and you could sit and bounce on them? I used that as a step stool to try to get to the top of my dresser. Yeah, um, my parents got rid of that ball after that day. Yeah. <laughs> So, you yeah. know, it could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get to enjoying some time in the sun. But springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have seasonal allergies. My husband has seasonal allergies. So from about April till June, we all sound like this just constantly. This is what we sound like without Claritin. It helps so much with being able to enjoy springtime and outside without running a water faucet for a nose. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. By the time baby number two comes, you feel superhuman. You totally have it all figured out. You got this. But then the reality sets in. It's more than twice the work and can sometimes feel like absolute chaos. It's obviously not always going to go right, but you'll take any opportunity to make it a little easier. The Honest Company has a new line of calming products for the whole family, so your little ones will go down easier and you can have a moment of honest relaxation. The Calm Collection is a line of dreamy and calming lavender products to help make you and your baby's bedtime routine smoother. They have lavender wipes to clean up sticky hands and messes, a calm lavender bath and body set that's both gentle enough for babies and soothing self-care for moms, lightweight lavender body oil to help wind down before bedtime, and fun purple printed pajamas made with 100% certified organic cotton. The sooner your little ones go to bed, the sooner you are able to relax. For a little while, anyway. Their Calm Lavender Collection is made with lavender essential oils that help calm babies before bed. And their super absorbent overnight diapers have up to 12 hours of leak protection. With a focus on sustainability and clean products, The Honest Company works with toxicologists at their in-house lab to create eco-friendly, safe, and effective products you can feel good using. Body products are naturally derived and designed for all skin types, while their diapers are made with plant-based materials that are ultra soft and super absorbent. Good for your whole family? and your environment. Try Honest for yourself. Shop at Target, Amazon, Walmart, and Honest.com. 
So, but, but here's the other thing about, about cleaning and guiding and, and cleaning being a learned skill. It's absolutely a learned skill. The guidance level that we have to provide our children is uh, not linear. So it feels like you're going to get through, okay, now we do the, the hand holding and the doing it together or the you just observing me while I narrate what I'm doing. And now we're to gamification where we're playing a game, but we're really cleaning up. And now you can more independently assess those tasks. Okay. They can clean their rooms and then they forget everything they have ever known. And we are back to You've never cleaned your room in your life. Neat, kid. You've ne- you don't know how to do this? It's interesting. So you did last week. You're yeah. 11, but now you can't clean your room. Okay, now you need hand-holding again. But it, and it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating because there's a period around seven, eight, nine years old where they're so compliant most of the time. And I know there's parents going out there, nuh-uh, not mine. What is this you think? this thing you speak of. No, but they're, they're really, there's a very compliant stage where they're, they want to be helpful. They thrive off of the credit they get from that. And then those preteen years kind of slam into you. They no longer care about the credit. They care about their personal time. They care about other things. Other things are gaining priority in their little developing brains. And all of a sudden the trash that you've known how to take out for two years, (laughs) just mystery tasks to you. Yeah, see, that's my tween uh, has always been great about that independent cleaning. And she knows because in our house, the deal is in order to earn your privileges, you have to complete your responsibilities first. And so that's kind of on your own time schedule. I'm not like a stickler who's like yelling at my kids like you have to do this right now. It's actually it's not that important to me that that task is done at 830 in the morning. But also like our responsibilities come before our privileges. And so, and, and there's, it's twofold there, which is one is like your room has to be clean. We've cleaned up after ourselves. Two, we also have to take care of our body. So it's like, take care of our space, take care of our body. So that also involves, you know, brush your hair, brush your teeth, get dressed, like, you know, self-care stuff. And she's good about that one, but like the room clean, she'll kind of rush sometimes if she, she really wants to get on the game. And the other day she's like, mom, I'm, I'm already, can I, can I get on Roblox? And I'm like, let me look at your room quick. And I looked and totally clean. Uh, Middle of the floor, totally clean. Uh, Random pile of books in the closet near the bookshelf. Uh, Some crumpled up papers on the edges of the room. Like, I feel like that's a universal thing. Your kid can like perfectly clean the center of the room, all the walking space. But there's like this weird edge of the room. Perimeter. Yeah, it's the perimeter is just kind of like, what happened there? Where did that stuff even come from? <laughs> See, and uh, we're at a weird space with the littles where right now they're they're really coming into that independent I do it myself stage, which is the it's it's stage number two of that. So that first happens when they were around two and then about kindergarten, they sort of revive that. But this time with the actual capability of doing a bunch of those things, it might be a little slower, but they're doing it. So where we're at right now is anytime I offer any sort of correction. Like you cleaned the middle of your room really good, but could we get these edges here? Could we get the stuff against the walls? They hear me say, you did it all wrong. And so I've been trying to navigate this. No, no, no. You're you're getting credit for the good you did, but we need to go a little further. There's one extra step that we missed. You still did that thing by yourself. Good job. But we're not done yet. Yes. Finding the right language to use to communicate to our kids what we 
really mean where they're not trying to find the lines to read between can be so tricky. And that's one of those things that I end up talking about with my kids sometimes because like you have a big age gap. My gap is not so big, right? Because my oldest is four years older than my middle, who is one and a half years older than my youngest. So the two younger ones, they're very close in age. They have very similar expectations and abilities. But my oldest kid, totally different level. There is a huge difference between a kindergartner and a middle schooler. And so what I've run into sometimes, the conversations I've had to have with her where I'm like, okay, because, you know, we moved and we have a dishwasher now and it's exciting. And I immediately I'm like, now it is your job to unload the dishwasher. And she kind of, you know, she she's not a huge complainer. Like she'll th- she'll throw in a little wine and sometimes she does it to be funny. Like we do that to each other. But she's like, why do I have to do it? Why don't my sisters have to do that? That's not fair. And I was like, hmm, this is one of my conversations I regularly have with the kids about what is fair. And it is a conversation that happens in different ways, right? Because we talk about that. It's short conversations more frequently, but different points that I like to hit in that is like, number one, equity over equality. You are different people with different needs and different abilities. If I gave you all the same responsibilities and the same privileges and the same treatment, you would not be happy about that. You would say, this isn't fair because you do not want to have the same treatment responsibilities and privileges as your five-year-old sister. So yeah, you have to do this task that I don't expect your sisters to do yet. Someday they will be able to. Someday they're going to do this too. But right now, yeah, it's your task. But also like, let's look at the privileges you have that they don't have access to yet. This is a thing where we are not going to be doing the same thing because that wouldn't be fair. And And I appreciate that you do these things, but here's why I think it's fair and, and kind of explaining that side of it. And when it comes to the dishwasher, like, dude, your sisters can't reach the cabinets. They can't where the plates go. They can't reach that. So, you know, it's you or me. And I, I do split that task with her. You know, I'm not just, but either way, uh, the, the other side of that conversation that I have with all of the kids is when I say, okay, it's time. We're, we're all going to tidy up now. We're going to start in the living room. And so it's kind of like, I'll delegate tasks like, okay, we're in the living room. I am going to take care of this. You take care of laundry that somehow is in the living room. Why is it always in the living room? I don't know. And you take care of the magnetiles and you take care of this. And it's kind of, you know, I delegate the tasks and then, yeah, well, it's not fair. I didn't bring this out here. I don't want to do this. It's not fair. And then what I will say, and it's it's that challenging empathy, okay, I hear you, but do you think it's fair that I have to do it all because you don't want to do any of it? This is our house. We all live here. We all have a responsibility to maintain the space. And it's getting them to think about that, right? Because they, they expect me to take care of things. Of course, that's my job. But also, come on, help me clean the living room, dude. (laughs) <laughs> well, and the other thing that, that I'll get, I'll be like, hey, will you pick up that sock? That's not my sock. That's that's my brother's sock. Okay, neat. But pick up the sock for me anyway. Uh, you know, we talked about this a second ago. I, I recognize it's not your sock. That's not the conversation we were having. I was just asking to pick up the sock. Well, but we're supposed to clean up after ourselves. I was like, yep, that is very true. That's an excellent point. Except how many times have you forgotten something? Just mm-hmm. 
straight up missed it and someone else covered that for you. This is how we support each other as a family is sometimes we acknowledge that, oh, Bubba forgot his sock. I can grab that for him and pop it in his hamper. I can do that because at some point he's going to find a doll robe and he's going to put it back with your baby dolls. It's, it's a reciprocal. It's taking care of each other. It is. It is without the expectation of payment after. That's another reason we don't do the allowance. Right. I will... I will pay my kids under certain circumstances, like beyond the babysitting thing that we've already discussed. But if I am asking you to do a task or to assist me in a task that is above and beyond your, can we come up with an acronym for your thing? It'd be like Rex, Rec. It's the Rec. Uh, If it's above and beyond that, I can absolutely accommodate that in some sort of monetary way. I'm cool with that. We could talk about it. That is something we should be negotiating, but typically we don't do allowance. We don't pay for chores. That is just, we want to all live and maintain the space together. It's our home. One of the things that I end up having to navigate on the other end, so I don't really have to have the equity versus equality conversation in regards to chores. Now, as a parent, yes, eventually we will need to discuss that rather complex topic, but In regards to chores, I don't have to have that conversation. What I do have to be very cautious about is accidental parentification because there is an 11-year age gap between my oldest and my middles, my middles littles, the the (laughs) tiny ones, the ones that came after the big one. (laughs) But I, I have to be very careful that I am not expecting my oldest to step into this quasi mom role because the littles do have higher needs for support, uh, just because they're little. I mean, they're four. They're not quite five yet. At their age, they're probably also looking at her as an authority figure. Yeah. No, they, I, I said, you know, we were talking about something at the dinner table the other day and I was like, and if this happens, you need to find an adult who is a safe adult. And then they went through mom, dad, grandma, papa, Mimi, Aya, which is what they call their older sister. It's, it's the family pet name. And I went, oh, sure we're gonna go for the purposes of this conversation aya is a safe but she's also the safe adult for you yes (laughs) she is a good person to go to with this but she is also not an adult but then she's also 15 so the minute i say yeah you're not an adult she's like yeah but (laughs) it's just it is the way of a 15 year old she's like i got i got my permit yeah (laughs) tell me i can drive with supervision I was I was going to say one of my favorite ways to remind kids of their chores. I don't know if you have like reminders because in our house we run we on have routines. We run on sarcasm. So we do have routines, but we also regularly all forget them. Like they just go out the window because it's a Tuesday. Like, I don't know. And uh, <laughs> fuck Tuesdays, I guess. I don't, I don't know. My brain doesn't work today. I don't know what to tell you. There's, a, there's our first per- piece of merch. Just yeah. fuck Tuesdays. <laughs> And so one of the things that we do, because the most regularly forgotten about chore in our house by everyone is to clear the table, like to clear your place at the table. Okay. And because that's the expectation. I don't care if you finished all the food in your plate, get your plate off my table. Okay. And and they're pretty, like the kids are pretty good at, about it, but now and then it's forgotten. And so if I see a plate left on the table, I will call that child and they're like, what? And I'm like, are you done eating? Yeah. Why? I couldn't tell your plate's still here. <laughs> and then they scurry out and they grab it. Sometimes I'll just grab it for them and I'll go tell them like, hey, were you done eating? Because I just took care of your plate. Uh, but at the same time, I will often just leave my plate there. And then it's like 10 o'clock at night and I'm doing my night routine. And I'm like, oh, I should take care of that now. 
<laughs> so I, we also run on sarcasm. Uh, I will be like, Oi, do you forget something? Yeah. And then just not tell them. They'll, they'll just start looking at what did I forget? Hydrating doesn't have to be boring. Splash Refresher spices it up by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Splash Refreshers are delicious, bright, flavorful, and available in five craveable flavors. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and a splash of sweetness for a hydrating and delicious beverage you'll come back to again and again. My favorite flavor is the lemon. Uh, it really does taste like lemonade, so I'm getting hydrated, and it just feels like I'm drinking lemonade. Splash Refresher perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange, Splash Refresher is there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. They are delicious, bright, flavorful, and hydrating, and zero calories, so you can have fun flavored water without any guilt. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Shall we play a game? Absolutely. This one's called Double Standards. Tell me more. How do, how do we play this game? I want you to give me your best double standard, a rule or boundary that you hold for your kids. And the minute you are out of eyesight, earshot, or observation range of your children, you're like, fuck it. This rule does not apply to me. Okay. Okay. I have, I have a big one. What's that? Uh, my kids are not allowed to eat or drink anything but water in their bedrooms. Yeah. But I promise you every night when my kids are in bed, I have potato chips and <laughs> microwave chicken fries and ice cream in my bed. I'm eating that in my bed with my with my Coke. You know, I got my soda going on everything in my bed. But they don't know that's happening because that is for me to the do. The double standard. It's the double standard. <laughs> Um, I, I also have firm food and drink rules, food and or drink cannot leave arms reach of the dining room table. If you cannot, from where you're standing, reach out and touch the dining room table, you are too far away from that dining room table with the food or the drink. But then I carry my coffee cup all around the house. And that's not even a double standard that I like try to hide. Like that's what we say in our house is where do we eat if a kid is wandering away? Right. Uh huh. But I will regularly, I pace a lot. You know this. I don't sit yes. very often. I'm a pacer. And so I'll have my snack and I'm kind of walking around doing things. And I'll hear my, it's always my littlest to call me out. And I hear her tiny little voice go, where do we where do eat? We eat? <laughs> Wherever I want to. <laughs> uh, we have a double standard with craft supplies. I have limited patience with home crafts. We do them. We do them because I cannot allow my biases to deprive them of this childhood experience. Yeah, of course. But when the glitter comes out, 
you get one color of glitter and you get a timer and whatever you have accomplished with that one color of glitter and the timer then the glitter goes away when the glitter is out i am like i i'm doing the hand over hand toddler teaching i don't care how old you are i'm helping you with the glitter i'm helping with the you the glitter incident okay i'm going to keep bringing it up okay glitter comes it's a serious problem in in our house because of that one time <laughs> but but when I do my craft stuff, I'm like, I'm taking the whole time. I'm I'm being careful. I'm like, I've been at this for hours. I don't care. It's just chaos. The double standard of screen time. The double standard of do screen you, time. Do, so I know you use an iPhone. Do you get the screen time report on your phone or did you turn that off? I had to turn it off because it was embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> I get the screen time report and they're like, you're up 11% from last week. You spent 7,700 yeah. hours. But it's also, I have my phone, like it doesn't turn off unless I turn the screen off. So sometimes the screen will be on, but I'm not using it. But in my house, we do our screen breaks and I do my best when I tell the kids to be like, it's screen break time. I do my best to stay off my phone too, because I don't want it to be a double standard. But sometimes I like, it's just, you know, it's habit. And you just take it out and you're looking. But my kids will call me out on that. And they're like, mom, screen break. And I'm like, oh, right, right, right. Put it in my pocket. But See, just last night we we did that because we have a uh, screen-free dinner now. That's one of the perks of moving into the house that we've moved into. We have the space to it's support so this. It's so nice, isn't it? That's what, that's what we've is. always done. And it's like, it's such a good connection point. So, but yesterday we were playing this game and my son insisted that the word narwhal started with a W. And so out of complete habit, my husband reached around, grabbed his phone to just to pull up the word narwhal so we could show him that that is not a W because yeah. he's four. Uh -huh. He doesn't know how to read yet, but he knows he's his letters. letter identification. Yeah. So, so we pulled it out and the girl child went, daddy, no phones. Oh, Okay, well, we're just going to look up this one right. word and then we'll put the phone we'll put away. The phone but it was away. just so habitual to be yeah. like, I have a tiny computer. I can help this. Isn't that funny, though? Because like pre-phones, when someone were to tell you something, you would just, just believe that believe it was them. true yeah. forever. Now yeah. someone tells me something and I'm like, I'm going to look it up. I need my sources. <laughs> Vitamins is a double standard, and it's not a proud double standard. It's not like I'm I'm pleased that I carry this double standard. My kids get a gummy vitamin every day, and I also am supposed to take a gummy vitamin every day. They get theirs like clockwork. We brush our teeth, we take our allergy medicine, and we get our vitamin. I sometimes remember that gummy vitamins exist on this planet. <laughs> Isn't that so funny, though, because it's a thing where you're like, yeah, I always do this for my kid, but for yeah. some reason I can't do it for myself at all ever. What is that? And, and I had someone suggest, we'll just keep your vitamins with their vitamins. Yes, excellent plan. I completely block out the entire image of the vitamins while I reach for theirs. Yeah. See, I was I was for a while trying to hold this double standard of like, I didn't want my kids to draw on their own skin, right? Because like, I don't know, I have sensitive skin, they could. And then the one day my my daughter found the, we, we had these tattoo markers. I said had for a reason. I did dispose of them since. I didn't dispose of them. They're up, they're away because they got these tattoo markers for Christmas. And I thought, I thought that they were washable. And- my my sister-in-law was watching my kids and I come home and my my preschooler full sleeves, full sleeves. And at first I'm like, why did you let her do that? And then I'm like, I looked at myself 
And then I looked at my partner and I'm like, ah, oh, she's just, she's mimicking. Yeah, that makes sense. Same kid. And I was like, oh, it's no big, like one, it's, it's fine. It's not a big deal. And then it was bath time and we started scrubbing and it didn't move at all. And I went, oh no. <laughs> so now we can color, we can do tattoos, but there's, there's a, but you do have to ask that you can do it and let me provide mm-hmm. the markers and they are going to be washable. <laughs> Would you like to know how my oldest discovered that the tattoo markers that we also got thinking they were washable, uh, would, would you like to know how she discovered that those are not washable? How? She is a 15 year old and she took them to school with my permission. I was like, yeah, sure. That's fine. Her friend, luckily she did not do this. Her friend, a 15 year old male decided to draw a decidedly 15-year-old male picture on his own arm, whole forearm. And the the other part was down at the elbows. He he even drew droplets on his palm. Oh, no. Why are 15-year-olds? That's the whole question. So that's how Abby discovered that those were not washable and how one of her besties had some splaining to do. To all the parents out there, those big tattoo markers, pretty cool stuff. Uh, they take washable. about a week to wash off. Yeah. A week. And I tried a lot of things to, to get that out. No, it's not mm-hmm. moving. Mm-hmm. So just stick with the Crayola washables, ultra washable. If they Thankfully, it was winter time and her <laughs> friend just wore a long sleeve shirt for a few days. Right. Right. That's the time you go back to the 2000s and you break out those emo half sleeve arm warmer things. Yes. We'll just cover it. We'll just cover just, it. It's fine. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Hey, that was our timer. It always goes so fast. It does. It does always go so fast. So thank you so much for listening to Childproof by Betches. We would love to hear what your double standards are. Please email us at childproof at Betches.com. And be sure to give us a follow on TikTok and Instagram. You can find us at Mama Cusses, at Tori Phantom, and at Betches Moms. And so you don't miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to Childproof on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a rating. It helps. And remember, sometimes our kids are the assholes. And sometimes it's us. Childproof is produced by Rebecca Salzmacat and Sean Kilby. Editing by Basilio Perez. Social media by Lauren Salome. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow us at at Betches Moms on Instagram and send us your email to moms at Betches.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy, perfectly blending refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, there's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. My favorite flavor is the lemon. The mandarin orange is my favorite flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.